everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Amity's Modeling Podcast. I am Steve Saipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Villajos and Ken Lavin and Thomas Henderson. How are you guys doing this week? Pretty good. Doing good. good. Be better if there were still, you know, baseball things happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, puts a damper on things. Now I'm going to have to pay attention to, like, the Giants and the Rangers and the Nets, which is, like, two good and one... Really oh bad? no! You have to pay attention to the Nets. I know, right? Tell tell me tell me a Sixers fan how bad that is to have <laughs> to watch James Harden and Kevin Durant every night. Before we oh no! Before we start this show, how did you wind up a Sixers fan, a Mets fan, a Patriots fan? So the Patriots fan was because I was watching a Super Bowl when I was little, liked their colors more, stuck with it, and but I kind of don't care about football anymore. Right, right, okay. Uh, but that's like valid. I, I literally like don't watch football anymore. Um, basketball, I got into them during the process era because I enjoyed uh, the process. Yeah, I I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed like yelling about them getting screwed over by the league, which they absolutely did. And uh, also like they've got a bunch of fun players that have held my interest. Like Joel Embiid is a load of fun. I would die for Matisse Thybul because he's like the most incredible defender in, in the NBA. So, get Lucas, you trusting the process all the way to a fandom is like absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It really tracks with, you know, a lot of things. <laughs> and it worked, right. like, yeah. for the most part. Well, if I'd stay, if I'd just been a Nets fan, which I could have been since I grew up in New Jersey, things would be working a lot better now, wouldn't they? <laughs> and yes. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So, today is the last night of Hanukkah. So, happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish listeners out there. And in honor of that, who are we going to promote, extend, or trade in all of these very, very inspired performances of Jewish actors? See, I thought you were going to go Jewish athletes, and I was going to make an airplane joke. Um, Do you have anything light? <laughs> Jewish sports stars. Hank Greenberg, Sandy Cohen, that, that, Sandy Koufax, that's it. <laughs> Jason Kipnis. Is he uh, Jewish? Kevin, his dad is, I think. He's like half uh, Kevin Euglis. Yes. Was also Jewish? <laughs> yeah. Huh, I never knew that. You know, all those noted Greek Jews. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I didn't realize there were a lot of Greek Jews. That's cool. All right, so first up we have Judd Hirsch as Julius Levinson in Independence Day. Next we have Billy Crystal as Miracle Max in The Princess Bride. And last up, we have Jerry Stiller as Maury Ballstein in Zoolander. I have a confession to make. I've never seen Zoolander. I've never seen Princess Bride. That's I, worse. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> I have Zoolander. a second confession to make. I think Princess Bride is horribly overrated. It is. I can agree with that. But it is funny. It's one of those movies you should probably, like, I should probably see just because it's such a cultural thing well lucas you've disappointed me uh-huh thomas you've disappointed me <laughs> ken do you have any confessions to make what was the third movie <laughs> <laughs> i've seen the other two but i can't remember the first character you said 
Uh, Zoolander. No, no, no. Zoolander. Oh, I've seen Princess Day, right? Bride. I've oh, seen Independence Day. I don't think I've seen Independence Day. Oh my God! It's Jeez. good. It's good. People. The first yeah. one is good. The second one is not. Oh, I haven't even seen it. It's bad. Oh, it's second so one bad. Doesn't... It's so bad. <laughs> I heard it was really bad, and I was like, nope, I don't have to spoil the first movie because it's great. Yeah, it's just a movie that really didn't need to be made. I mean, if you're making Independence Day and you can't get Will Smith, what's the point? Yeah. Literally, just don't make it. I'm uh, extending Independence Day, promoting... I'm going to promote Zoolander, even though I've never seen it. I'm going to trade Princess Bride just because I think it's overrated. I mean, at least you you, you know the, the Zoolander memes, I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. This is very much like The Office, which I've never watched either, and I just know it through the memes. Hmm. I didn't watch The Office until like maybe a year ago, and it is pretty funny. And it is always on TV, on some channel, basically 24-7, so... I can't do cringe humor. Mm. See, it might be my favorite show of all time. I was literally, I was literally just watching it before uh, recording with you guys. So <laughs> I've watched it a few times. It because it's it's a it's good background noise for me. Yeah, like I could just throw it on and like kind of forget that I'm watching it while I'm writing something because I don't like writing in like complete silence. Just makes me want to like die in my seat. I just oh, collapse. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. All right, well, this is, the, this is a horrible <laughs> fail. This was a horrible fail. Hey, it's I better can, than the wrestling ones. <laughs> when do I do wrestling? Like, every once in a while. Yeah, and when do I give you shit about it? More often than you do the wrestling ones. That's probably true. Yeah. All right, so listen. Since I started playing Mass Effect, Lucas, you're going to watch Princess Bride. Ken, you're no, gonna I have to watch Pen- Zoolander. No, you're Ken, gonna, okay. I have to watch Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll make that no. trade. <laughs> you know your assignments. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be we'll reconvene in two hours after we've all watched the movies. Ready? Break. <laughs> all right, so well, we'll start this week off by addressing the elephant in the room, and that is the fact that last Wednesday on December 1st, the collective bargaining agreement between Major League Baseball and MLB Players Union expired, and then at 12.01... Uh, on the second, Major League Baseball officially instituted a lockout. Rob Manfred, he published a letter. I'm not going to quote the entire thing here, but he said that, quote, this defensive lockout was necessary because the Players Association's vision for Major League Baseball would threaten the ability of most teams to be competitive and that the MLBPA, quote, came to the bargaining table with a strategy of confrontation over compromise and never wavered from collectively the most extreme set of proposals in their history, including significant cuts to the revenue sharing system, a weakening of the competitive balance tax, and the shortening of period of time that major league players can play for their teams. End quote. So the MLBPA, they responded by saying, quote, Major League Baseball has announced a lockout of players shutting down our industry. This shutdown is a dramatic measure regardless of the timing. It is not required by law or for any other reason. It was the owner's choice, plain and simple, specifically calculated to pressure players into relinquishing rights and benefits and abandoning good faith bargaining proposals that will benefit not just the players, but the game and industry as a whole. We remain determined to return to the field under the terms of a negotiated collective bargaining agreement that is fair to all parties and provides fans with the best vision 
version of the game that we all love, end quote. So. Oh, boy. We could, uh, you know, we could go on and on and on about the ramifications of this. Um, you know, what, what things are on the bargaining table, what we think of them, who's to blame, <coughs> owners. Yes. But. You got a cough we, there, Steve. Yeah, no, it's, it's cold out, you know, so. We are a minor league podcast, so, you know, we're going to focus on stuff that goes on, you know, at the DSL, FCL Complex, and then St. Lucie, Brooklyn, Binghamton, Syracuse. So, we'd this love, thing... We'd love to have our uh, minor leaguers not unionized. It's just great. Yeah. Just, just wonderful. Well, yeah, that is an important uh, thing to mention, because right off the bat, it's important to know that minor leaguers here, they don't have a voice at the table. This is conflict between Major League Baseball and the Players Union, and minor league players are not a part of either. They, they've basically fallen through the cracks intentionally, you know, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's ridiculous, frankly, but, you know. Yeah, yeah because this stuff matters to them. Like, there's going to be decisions made about minor league stuff and they just don't have a seat at the table to have an opinion. I will, I will give without derailing Steve's plan, not to talk about this too much. I'll give the like head union guys a little bit of credit. They've talked about making sure younger guys gets paid, which would help the minor leaguers who do make it. Um, but a lot of other stuff they could and should have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, so, basically, if the lockout is prolonged and it continues through the winter and then into the spring and the MLB season doesn't start on time, the minor league season will start because, again, these guys, you know, it's conflict between Major League Baseball Players Union and Major League Baseball and all of these prospect and minor leaguers who are in the minor leagues are not part of that. So the minor league season will go on as continued. But there is a an asterisk there because prospects who are on the 40-man roster are MLBPA union members. And as such, they will not be able to participate in baseball, in minor league baseball activities if there is a lockout. So in the Mets case, if the lockout continues into the spring and we have minor league baseball only, it will be without Jose Budo, Adam Aller, Thomas Zabucki, Patrick Mazeka, Travis Blankenhorn, Khalil Lee, Nick Plummer, Ryan Mauricio, and Mark Vientos, who are, you know, they're all on the 40-man roster. Um, that's, that's an interesting little twist to that. Yeah. Just, oof. Oof. A lot of, I mean, a lot of these guys need the reps. Yeah. It's unfortunate for them. It's also important to note that if there is a minor league season and no MLB season and the owners try to do something, uh, let's just don't even know really the best terms to use here. If the, basically if the owners try to get scabs to, to fill in and try to have quote unquote major league games and they have minor leaguers come up to fill some roles, they're not really crossing the picket line because, I mean, these guys are kind of caught in the middle between everything. 
I'm pretty sure they don't ever get to join the union, though. I, I'm not really sure. I know scabs don't. You know, uh, who was the Mets guy? Was it Bobby Jones? Uh, Rick Reed. Rick Reed. Okay, yeah. Like, I know he was basically barred from the union because he crossed the picket line because, you know, he needed to take care of, you know, his family and everything. I'm not sure if that applies to minor league players who do because they really don't have they don't have the option, you know. My my hot take is that it certainly shouldn't. Uh, these guys are. I mean, they're totally. Yeah, I mean, they're young kids, many of them with no money, many of them from different countries who are basically totally at the mercy of their interleague organization, both in terms of their livelihood and for the foreign guys even being able to stay here. So. Yeah, it's putting them in a really bad position. I I'm not going to vilify any of them who should should this rather extreme outcome come to pass. Like I'm not going to vilify any of them who who do that. No, it's basically you know mom and dad are getting divorced and little kids are uh, stuck <laughs> in between. I mean, hey, maybe if MLB tries to do that and the players don't want it to happen, they should tell the minor leaguers we'll let you in the union if you don't cross the picket line. Just saying, mm-hmm. like. Maybe they wouldn't be as likely to cross the picket line if they were part of the union in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just it's and and it's also going to get real ugly before it gets better, like just all around. Like the players are obviously and they should be very stuck in because they really shouldn't. uh, I don't want to say negotiate because they should, but they really shouldn't like. uh, They should get what they need because the players get screwed and baseball and like the owners are just assholes <laughs> so it, it's gonna get it's it's gonna be real ugly before we get a solution and it just sucks yeah yeah um one of the most immediate impacts of the lockout in in so much as it concerning us is that the rule five draft is not going to be taking place now um major league baseball has postponed it indefinitely um Ben Badler in shambles right now. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, or is oh, it JJ Cooper? Which one of them is the one that's obsessed with the Rule Five? I forget. One of the BA guys is. Let me actually let me walk that back a second. The major league portion of the Rule Five yeah. draft is postponed indefinitely, but there is a minor league component of the draft where teams are able to select players in Double A AA and Triple A rosters from other teams and put them on their team, and. That will still be going on, but the players involved in that are generally very lesser caliber, um, kind of like an afterthought. Last year, the Mets were pretty active in that part. Uh, they selected Drew Ferguson from the Astros, Justin Dillon from the Blue Jays, Joe Jackson from the Dodgers. Um, Does Joe Jackson have all the shoes? <laughs> uh, and Jose, uh, uh, Jesus Reyes and Jose Zaria from the Reds. You know, and that's generally the kind of caliber player that you're getting during the minor league part. Um, I didn't re- actually remember most of these guys that this even happened. I remember Jackson, Joe Jackson, but and and Reyes, but everyone else I completely forgot about. Ferguson, Dylan, Zaria, they all flamed out pretty quickly. They had really very minimal impact in anything. Um, Jesus Reyes, he ate some innings for Syracuse, but he wasn't particularly good. And Joe Jackson, he was solid. He was a solid everyday player for Syracuse. He had 251, 397, 425 in 85 games. But, you know, that's like one of the best kind of outcomes for a player like that is that they do solid. 
Occasionally, yeah. occasionally, occasionally, a team will strike oil and they'll get a diamond in the rough. The Diamondbacks, they got Tyler Gilbert in the minor league part last year, and he was a pretty solid contributor for them last year. But most of the time, you're getting basically nobody in that minor league portion. Wasn't wasn't Aller himself a minor league uh, rule by minor league guy? Mm-hmm. In 2019. Yeah, a couple of years ago. And then COVID that. happened and everyone forgot. Mm-hmm. And here he is now, the, the 2021 minor league pitcher of the year in the Mets organization. Yeah, I mean, that kind of outcome is definitely unusual. Mm-hmm. And I think we were all pretty excited to talk about the Rule 5 draft this year because there were a lot of pretty interesting names available. And when I checked on Wednesday after all the signings and non-tenders and everything like that, the Mets did have one more roster spot open. So maybe they were going to pick a guy and, and give it a try. And with the way the Mets farm system is right now, if they did pick a guy, that person might have slotted into, you know, <laughs> one of the top prospect rankings. Yeah, it depends. But, yeah, that's very I mean, possible. Spoiler alert. They, they signed Nick Plummer, and he is in the Mets' top prospect list on all of our lists. So, you know, it is like, crazy. I, you know. They, they signed him, and I was like, oh, a top 10 prospect in the system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of. Which is not really what you want, but also good for Nick Plummer. Mm-hmm. There uh, are legit, like, seven or eight guys on the Rays I was interested in. Like, it, it's crazy. Going through some rosters, it's crazy how much talent there would have been up for grabs. And now uh, we don't do that for a while. Maybe yeah. we'll never do it again. Who knows how the CBA changes? I'm sure that they will have some sort of. I mean, the yeah. Wolf, it's got. It's in some form or another, this kind of concept has existed for, like, 70 years, give or take, mm-hmm. that you can't have a team just hoarding everybody. So. But, yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, with the new CBA, there might not be a Rule 5 draft, as we as we know it. Yeah, who knows, really? The mechanism could change. Mm-hmm. Another thing that might possibly be impacted because of the lockout, and it might change, you know, once there is a new CBA, is the um, signing period for international rookies. Uh, that might be pushed back. We don't know right now. In the past, it used to be on July 2nd, but then with Corona, they changed it to January 15th. And, you know, now that, that July 2nd date is looking better than that January 15th date. Maybe the, the maybe it gets changed and gets pushed back because, you know, everything that's going on with the lockout. Maybe it doesn't, though, because signing all these players, it, it is outside of the scope of the, you know, union MLB battle. But, you know, we don't know. And, uh, you know, it's an, another thing that's, uncertain here but we will find out about going forward but i mean this is the kind of stuff that we live for and it just sucks yes i too would love to talk about marginal right-handed relievers (laughs) for the next two hours because uh we're literally that sickos meme (laughs) we are yes yes left-hander with control problems but they could throw up for 90s hell yes hell yes all of us are like, well, what if he figures it out for like uh-huh. two hours? Uh-huh. It's the best. What if Chase Fry is actually good? Probably isn't. Corey Oswalt relief ace. It's going to happen. It, well, here, <laughs> no, it's going to happen if the Mets don't resign him. If they resign him, he'll still be Corey Oswalt. If he goes somewhere else, he's going to be great. <laughs> going to turn into to Paul Seawall 2.0, and I'm going to become the Joker. Oh, God, the Paul Seawall stuff. Just throw your really good pitch all the time. Shocker. Mm. 
Does Corey Oswald have a really good pitch, though? That's the question. Corey Oswald has some of the same characteristics that Sewell does in that he had good extension and not a lot and, and better than average ride on his fastball, but doesn't throw it from the right arm slot. So there there are and things there. Slider too. Mm-hmm. His slider induces a lot of whiffs. Like it, it's, it's a fixable like that, thing, but I don't that, trust the Mets to do it. That does sound Seawaldian. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see, I guess if there's a season. I mean, I would be shocked if there isn't really, just because, like, no one really wants to lose all the money that's on yeah. the table. And it's but not like also, the strike It's not like the strike in 94 where it took place, like, in the middle of the season and, and screwed everything up. We have, have literally, like, three, four months for them to figure this shit out. Yeah, exactly. I expect them to wait until they have a week. <laughs> so maybe maybe I'm, am I, like, foolishly optimistic for thinking they're going to get this done in time? Like, I don't know. I... I no, I'm sure they will. I'm, I'm sure they will. Um, at most, like a week's delay to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I kind of feel like January teams are going to be like, oh fuck, we might not actually it's, play. Um, yeah, that that's kind of their mo is is squeeze, use time to, you know, squeeze, put pressure on the the opposition. Well, I mean, that's literally what Manfred said. That's what <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a defensive lockout, guys. It's purely defensive. Defensive. Right. In um, defense of what is less clear, but it is defensive. In defense of our ability to play offense. The best the best offense is a good defense? Good what? Defense. <laughs> best offense has no DH. Oh. oh, that's happening, Steve. I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Because we're so thin on material, we should talk about that for a moment. Steve, I used to be with you. I was very anti-DH, uh, but now I've accepted my Lord and Savior uh, designated hitter. Well, I'm I'm happy to go down like all those people in Terminator 2 fighting robots for Lost Cause. Uh-huh. Is it just like you'll miss the strategy of the of the no DH or uh or, or you just like it aesthetically? I I I like it aesthetically. It gives, I I like that yes, there's strategy. I like that occasionally when you have a pitcher who does do something good, it's like, oh shit. It, it's you know that that endorphin release when you you know the pitcher actually makes contact and and does something mm-hmm. good. Um. Yeah. Let me that, let me make that's some counterpoints. That that's just the way that it always was, and therefore that's how it has to be. Counterpoint: Like pitchers are practicing le- this less than ever. They're getting hurt constantly. People are on base less than ever, so the strategy is less important. And, and oh, also, I'm a big sacrifice bunt aficionado. Of course you are. <laughs> the, one, the one point I definitely agree with is that there is uh, an endorphin rush. Like, it was cool when a pitcher did something. Like, that game when Thor hit two homers, I was going nuts. He mm-hmm. almost hit a third one that game, which was yeah, crazy. He, he, he really Big did. strong man. He got, I mean, he yeah. got a hold of that last one. It almost went yeah. out, too, which would have been uh, – I would have gone insane. Um, and that's going to suck to lose – it's gonna suck now, to lose that, but like objectively, I don't need to see uh, Jam- uh not Jameson Tyana, Tywin Walker, uh, batting with his off hand all year because his shoulders hurt. But when he does Somehow get that hit, which was hilarious, which right. was hilarious. 
so like for me, like I don't even disagree with anything you're saying, Steve, except really the strategy, because I think baseball strategy is more pregame than it is midgame. But like I like when like 40 year old dudes are hitting bombs like Nelson Cruz having like a really long career is hysterical to me. And that it just doesn't happen after the age like he can't play anymore. Unless sure, there was sure. Like I, I really like that side of like older guys who could still contribute in that way or like there's also strategy in not having a set guy and we need four guys who need time management and we cycle the dh that way like that strategy i was gonna say i like the things it opens up for roster construction uh that's what kind of turned me around on it is it just gives you a lot more options on how to keep guys in the lineup how to you know it also really fits the mess they need it so bad forever had too many um absolutely if i was a rational person if i was a rational person i would say dh makes sense but this is an irrational thing here no i figure and also thomas what would you rather see 40 year old nelson cruz hit a home run or 40 year old (laughs) bartolo cologne hit a home run (laughs) that's still the funniest moment of all time just like what in the world I mean, but that's not that's not the actual choice, though. It's do I want to watch 40 year old Nelson Cruz hit someone pull up this fan graphs page uh, 35 home runs? Or do I want to watch 600 at bats of total pitcher ineptitude just for those like two moments of fun? Watch Rich Hill like Rich Hill. The only thing I will miss from no DH is Jacob deGrom having the highest batting average on the Mets. Mm Listen, in your dystopian world, Grandpa Mats does not exist. Are you happy? But a DH helps Otani exist, so. True. Do you really want Otani playing the field with how fragile he's been health-wise? Yeah, I mean, it's not my team, so whatever. That's fair. (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) Go out there, Shohei. Go play right field. I want want the Angels. I want the Angels depth to be bad enough and uh, Otani to teach Thor how to hit well enough that they let (laughs) Thor DH in one of these games like they do Otani. (laughs) It's the Angels. Given who they're usually running out there, it's not totally out of the question. (laughs) Michael Lorenzen, two-way player for the Angels. He wants to. Hey, I'm here for it. (laughs) All right, so... This part now, this isn't particularly minor related, but with the blackout and all of the immediate uncertainty, a lot of our planned discussion for this week and the upcoming week, it's either going to be postponed or now it's all moot. So with that in mind, I figured we could talk about Hall of Fame ballots. That would be interesting to talk about because some of those ballots from the Baseball Writers Association of America are now starting to trickle in. Uh, There are 30 names on the ballot. 17 carried over from previous years, and then 13 of them are new additions from this year. There's Bobby Abreu, Barry Bonds, Mark Burley, Roger Clemens, Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, Todd Helton, Ryan Howard, Tim Hudson, Tori Hunter, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Tim Lincecum, Justin Morneau, Joe Nathan, David Ortiz, Jonathan Papelbon, Jake Peavy. Andy Pettit, AJ Perzinski, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Jimmy Rollins, Gary Sheffield, Kurt Schilling, Sammy Sosa, Mark Teixeira, 
Omar Vizquel, and Billy Wagner. Of note, four of those guys, Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Sammy Sosa, are in their 10th year of eligibility, meaning that if they aren't elected this year, they're going to be taken off the ballot, and their candidacy will only be considered by the Hall of Fame Veterans Committee for today's game, which ironically meets in 2022 for the 2023 ballot, and then in 2024 for 2025, and 2027 for 2028. Um in order for a player to get elected, they need 75% of the vote. And in order to stay on the ballot, if they aren't elected, they need to have at least a 5% vote threshold. Uh, voters can select no more than 10 players, but they don't need to select all 10 if they don't want to. I think it's stupid, but it seems like it happens pretty often. Um, you know, If they want to select five guys, they can select five. If they want to select one guy, they can. If they want to send back a, a blank ballot, they can it's a prerogative that's pretty dumb but whatever so who are you guys uh sending to the hall of fame <laughs> well i gotta say the hall of fame makes me feel real old now yeah i know this is like the i remembered every <laughs> single one of the players that you just said. like i miss when i didn't know who the hell these people were like <laughs> because i you rattled off those names and i was like damn i watched all those dudes play like every single one of them this is, I'm pretty sure, like the starting roster of like the, the 2005 All-Star <laughs> game. Yeah, right? Like, oh, it's rough. Should we like pick off the very obvious nose first? Maybe. Uh, all right. Well, I'll just go. I'll just go in order and we can discuss, I guess. Mm-hmm. So first up, Bobby Abreu. Met Yay. legend. Yes. Met legend. Met legend. Going in as a Met. <laughs> Yay or nay, Bobby Abreu? Yay. I have I honestly don't remember the last time I looked up his credentials. 60, 59.8 F4. He is a no for Better me. Statistically, he matches up fairly well. But he, to me, also, I think like you have to have that air about you. And to me, Bobby Abreu never had that Hall of Fame air about him, if that makes sense. I can concede that point, yes. It's a he's yeah. hall of extremely good. Yeah, he's the hall of good guy. It also depends on how big your hall of fame is. Right. Like, yeah, I'm also a pretty small hall guy, so. That's absolutely fair. I he's, I think he's like cr- criminally underrated offensively, but he probably is. Like uh, yeah, I, I can understand. Right. I mean, I feel like yeah, he's a Bobby, career 291, 395, 475 hitter. That's uh, pretty good. I feel That's like great. if Bobby Abreu played in modern baseball, he would be appreciated more because he was always a very high on-base percentage guy, and then he might have that sort of air about him. But mm-hmm. in his time, he wasn't covered that way because we didn't care about those things at that time, and therefore he never quite got that same level of of, of hype, let's say. That's fair. Um, That's fair, for sure. I do think, actually, I should confirm this before I talk out of my ass. This is similar to how baseball perspectives metrics are a little bit lower on Brandon Nimmo. Uh, Brandon Nimmo's offensive profile, they're a little bit lower on Abreu's as well, but not drastically so. And he's closer to 50 warp as opposed to 60 F4. So borderline, but I'd put it borderline case, that, yeah. That, that, that's still a very good player. Mm-hmm. Right, He's so. way closer than you think, because when you first think of Bobby Abreu, like, you're not like, oh, Hall of Fame. I but, think Bobby like, Abreu on the Mets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was, like, old and bad. Met yeah. legend, though. 
Extremely. All right, next up is Barry Bonds. Yes. That's a yes for me. Yeah, probably. Can we stop with this shit already? Like, Yes, he's a terrible human being, but also he hit more home runs than anyone's ever hit. Yeah, like, if you're keeping him out, you're keeping him out for uh, character clause stuff. And, and that's like, valid. Yeah, if you, but if also, if you're going to, I don't know if I want to say that. I was going to say, like, Ty Cobb was also terrible. Lots of terrible people are in the Hall of Fame. Right. I so, think Honestly, his terribleness was not that terrible to me, you know, in, in the grander scheme of things. He cheated. All right, whatever. He was a dick to reporters, whatever. He wasn't particularly well-liked. Okay, fine. Meh. I think the steroid era is what it was. Everyone was using. It was borderline encouraged by the league. Yep. He also had probably, like, the best decade (laughs) anyone's ever had. Right. But also, like, you can't eliminate an entire group of, like, years yeah. because of the steroid era like then you're never putting anyone in so for half of that era the they like, weren't illegal yeah mm-hmm. it's so weird to me that like you're you're banning some you're, you're not putting a, someone in the hall of fame for something that wasn't illegal at the time like just because that's a lot of the guys we'll talk about because we were doing it earlier for uh roger uh excuse me for randy johnson a totally separate discussion uh, Barry Bonds, 2001 to 2004, 12.5 wins, 12.7 wins, 10.2 wins, 11.9 wins. His lowest batting line in that stretch was a 212 WRC plus. <laughs> ah! <laughs> what the fuck? So, and he, he was injured in one of those seasons. I think like 2004, right? Like he missed like a chunk of the year uh i think it may be 2003 was the year he missed a little bit of time and that was his 212 wrc plus the best video about barry bonds is still the uh sb nation one where he would Mm -hmm. have posted basically the same woba if he didn't have a bat (laughs) that's impressive all right uh next up mark burley no no but very good underrated but not a hall of famer oh i say overrated he was fun worked real fast he was i, I think he's a guy that statistics especially the more advanced statistics are gonna yeah, they downplay like because yeah, they he was like such him. a ground ball pitch to contact kind of guy hmm. but he was you want to guess what his uh career k9 is i'm gonna say 6.4 no it's probably high <laughs> yeah <laughs> 5.15. Yeah. <laughs> nice. He didn't strike anyone out. That's impressive to me, honestly. He didn't strike anyone out and he was good. Yeah, for virtually the entire time. You know, like, he wasn't ever really bad, you know? Like, he just, that's how little, that's how good he was at suppressing contact. Like, okay. he did not have to strike you out. Because he didn't strike you out. And it's not like we're talking about, you know, he played in the late 80s and early 90s. Like, when did he retire? Like, 2015, 20s? 20- Nailed it on the head, Steve, yeah. and he threw he threw 198 and two thirds innings that year. So he had thrown 200 innings every season since 2001. He yeah. missed it by one and a third inning in 2015. It was like I'm done. And he was I'm like, out. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> He's a guy that can go to the the White Sox Hall of Fame or the Toronto yes. Blue Jays oh, yeah. Hall of Fame, whatever, yeah. but not the Baseball Hall of Fame. He has big like team Hall of Fame energy for sure <laughs> for multiple teams. Yeah. And that's a good career. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Next up is Roger Clemens. Yes. Uh, again, character clause doesn't get him in if you don't if you want to if you don't want to do that. That's the only way. Yeah, it's a, that's a that's a I'm I'm fine with Bonds, but not with Clemens because character stuff with Clemens was way too far. Bonds was just like a shitty guy. Clemens was a lot more fucked up than that. That's Pete Rose stuff with Clemens, like that, like that level bad. With 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 I mean fucking what I forgot her name. Whatever that girl's name was. Yeah, the only like that's if if you're doing a pure baseball thing, he's in because he was one of the best pitchers of his era. But I would never blame someone for character clausing people out of the Hall of Fame. If they I have just to. I have just Wikipedia what we're talking about. I was unaware. I would like you to know. Yeah, mind. I did not know yeah. that. I'm changing my vote to no. There's a, there's another dude coming up who there was something I didn't know about until recently. On the, I, had to, on the, I had to look her up. Mindy McCready, her name, yeah. I, I apologize to the internet denizens for not having the sum total of human knowledge in my brain at all times. <laughs> Lucas, you know that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. I'm canceled. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go no. I'm yeah, fuck that. Roger Clemens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I hate Roger Clemens. I was voting yes based purely on the baseball thing. But I hated him as a baseball player, and now, yeah, fuck that. Nope. nope. Honestly, if I, I'm I'm exactly petty enough to not vote for him for the Hall of Fame just because I, I think he's a, you know, giant <laughs> shit. The Piazza, the <laughs> Piazza bathrobe thing should have been a much bigger deal than it was. Yeah, like, yeah it's so bizarre that no one cared about that, really. Like, it just happened, and they were like, okay. That was insane. Like, <laughs> looking back on it, that would have been, now, that would have been, like, on every uh, Twitter oh. account. It would have been a meme. It would have been a thing. It would have been a suspension. It People would have been tweeting at the league like it would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. All right, next up is Carl Crawford. <sighs> Carl Crawford was like my favorite non-Met in baseball at one point, but he fell off a cliff so fast. Yeah, he got real bad real quick. He's a Rays Hall of Famer. Retired yes, his number. Definitely. Man, what the hell happened to him? He went two and a, two three wins six wins almost eight wins and then signed that big contract in boston and was immediately just awful yeah it was weird how old was he when he signed it i can Late do 20s, math i'm assuming 29 that's even more bizarre because it's not like he should have been it's not like he's 34 you know uh, like he sometimes got when the legs go they go yeah, yeah. Yeah, I but love Carl Crawford's. I used to live one of my you, favorite players. Yeah, I used to listen to uh, the Schmoozer at like two in the morning on WFAN <laughs> as a high schooler talking about Carl Crawford trades. I always wanted the Mets to have Carl Crawford. Like he would yeah. like just slot him on top of the lineup and let him go. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have a I have a very big soft spot for like um, early two thousands Rays. Yes. I, I used to go um, down to Florida every year to Tampa, mm-hmm. so we'd go to games like. Oh yeah. Day of, buy tickets like three rows behind the dugout for like twenty bucks because <laughs> nobody <laughs> ever went. Because it's the early two thousands race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, uh, I, somewhere I have a hat with with his autograph on it and a uh, nice. bunch of things. So he's yeah, he's always been one of my favorite players. But yeah, no. Hall <laughs> yeah. of very good. Yeah, Ray's Hall of Famer. Like I said, retire his number and let him live his best Ray's life. Mets Hall of Famer for giving us one of the best quotes in Mets lore. <laughs> Indeed. All right, next is Prince Fielder. Oh, what could I, have been? 
I wanted. I wish this was a yes, but it's not. So if you do the like five year peak argument, you can squint and kind of get him there. But he did have a few like a few clunkers during that period. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was gonna say like he wasn't even like Prince Fielder. Can we make like an aesthetic Hall of Fame? (laughs) Yeah, that'd be cool. He was so good. From like Prince Fielder was, I mean, everything that you guys said is also valid. And for me, like the whole air of being a Hall of Fame guy, like that's the same thing. Yeah, he yeah. never was like the guy. Like at the same time that he was playing, you had Albert Pujols, you had um, Ryan Howard. Like the next was, guy on this list, uh, second guy. But yeah. So like he never just felt like, oh shit, this is the guy. Unlike the next person. Todd Helton. I'm gonna. I, I don't know. <laughs> I used to think yes. I think I'm more no. If Keith Hernandez is not in the Hall of Fame, Todd Helton should not be in the Hall of Fame. That's a pretty good comp. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. He's a Rockies Hall of Famer. Yes. Oh yeah. Like he was I mean, really good. He he's like an actual like five year peak argument guy. Yeah. Like, um, five year peak was like so one of the from two thousand. Yeah, from two thousand two in. 2000, he was 8.3 F4, 2001, 7.1, 2002, 5.5, 2003, 6.6, and then 2004, 7. That's a first baseman. Yeah, exactly. The the lowest lowest, um, WRC plus he had in that time period was 141. That's, like, absurd. Uh, I think he's actually pretty underrated. Like, I don't think people think of Helton like that, and he gets the cores argument, but also, like, you don't do that unless you're good everywhere. I agree with that. Like, yeah. like and, I'm and recent, I don't care about has in, indicated that, like, not even that recent at this point. Like, within the last five to seven years, we've understood more about how cores hurts cores hitters on the road. So. You see that a lot when they leave, like, when they mm-hmm. become free agents and stuff, mm-hmm. and they're just hitting normally elsewhere. All right, so this one might come down to the Y here. So I'm a yes. Lucas, you're still a no? No. I think uh, I'm a no just because, like, five-year peak guys are tough for me. Because... I really like Todd Helton, but, yeah, no, I think I'm also a no. Okay, so he is a no. I feel like you need an extremu- extenuating circumstance for a five-year peak, like a Kofax who got hurt. Like, that's sure. not really his fault. Yeah, but right. Like, he, he played playing. until he was 39, so. Yeah, like, he kept playing. He just wasn't as good then, and that's fine, but that kind of disqualifies you from the Hall of Fame for me. Fair, fair, fair. Next is Ryan Howard. No. No. Move on. He was good, though. (laughs) He wasn't that good. Move on. No, I don't want to relive Ryan Howard. No, no, no. no. Next is Chase. No. (laughs) (laughs) The the spirit of Pedro Feliciano is now looking down on you, Lucas, and he will protect you from Ryan Howard. So no worries. Next, uh, Tim Hudson. No. No. I'm going yes. No? Okay. Yeah, it's Tim Hudson. I just tried to pull up Tim Hudson, and I went to Daniel Hudson. That is the wrong Hudson. Wrong person. (laughs) I'm a no on Tim Hudson, yeah. Uh, Anyone want to guess Tim Hudson's career, K-9? It's probably like six. 5.99. Oh, so six. (laughs) Six. Nailed it. Still no. Tory Hunter? Hard no. No. Not enough juice in his bat, I don't think. Not good enough, and also another dickhead. Was he a dickhead? I thought 
He was a nice. I know. Uh, I know almost nothing about Tory Hunter. He is infamously wildly homophobic. Wow. Really? Okay. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Also, looking at his his Fangraphs page. Yeah, he's not good enough. Not not really that good. <laughs> no, he was a good defender and a a real good defender and like a solid hitter, but not. Interestingly like, enough, like DRS hates him. Yeah, that's <laughs> fun. That's really funny. That's like, funny. I wonder how that gets there because like obviously growing up, you don't think like you just know from watching like baseball tonight or whatever that he's a good defender. Like that's how you got your information. Oh, uh, really only tail, Taylor Dog. No, he had a couple of elite years there. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Speaking of okay hitters, but solid uh, defenders, great defenders. Next up is Andrew Jones. He's uh, another dickhead. <laughs> both, yeah, no, yeah, for both um, character reasons and also. Oh. What did I he didn't do? know the character stuff until really recently. Yeah, Again, because I was, Jones. I was uh, Andrew Jones in the Hall of Fame guy, and then I Wikipedia'd him. I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, I, I made yes for him. What did he do? Domestic, yeah, domestic battery. Violence. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. That was also why I was referring to Barry Bonds as a terrible human being. Yeah, yes, Barry Bonds. Yes. <laughs> to, it, I, I'm. It's tough because character clauses, like, it's a legit thing, and it it changes how you view the Hall of Fame. And there, there's like, um, there's a there's a line for me on the character clause. It's the thing that Clemens is getting excluded for in my eyes. Um, I think I still. <sighs> I don't know. I, I think I'm a yes on Jones, but I don't feel good about it. I, I get why people would say no, and I don't have an argument against it. And so, like, I, for me, there's enough other people that deserve it and aren't bad people that I could look, sleep at night if I had That's to fair. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. That's fair. Like, I could vote for somebody else and just be fine. Mm-hmm. I, I also just, just hate his face. He was so good for the Braves for so long. That's I know, when, when I when the Mets draft Andrew Jones Jr., I'm that kind of petty. <laughs> when the Mets draft Andrew Jones Jr. with one of their 800 picks, because he's up this year, right? Eligible. So, yes. Yeah, next next upcoming draft. Yep. Which is just like, goddamn, how old are we? Very. All right. Next up is speaking of Mets, Jeff Kent. Yes. He, it's weird because you gotta kind of put him in second base category, right? Like, yeah. Comparatively to the position, he's one of the best hitters there. Just because second base is like a disaster. I, I think he's in personally. All right, like I'm a no. Lucas is a yes. That's a tough. I'm a no as well. Thomas, I'm gonna say no, just because I don't think. I don't think Hall of Fame. I don't, I don't think Jeff Kent. <laughs> yeah, like it's, those kind of things. Like he's on the bubble around sixty war. Yeah, wow. it's a bubble. Yeah, I might revert to no. I don't know. I'd flip a coin. That Very good hitter tough. for his entire career. Hmm. That one's tough. All right, next is Tim Lincecum. <sighs> Can we make a two-year no. peak argument? <laughs> now, now that's a peak argument. I might, I might uh, say anyway, just because like he was like important part of the mid 2000s baseball scene but he, like you just fell off a cliff massively yeah i think it's got to be a no for him yeah, unfortunate he didn't Unfortunate. really have the yeah if he, he didn't make it to five years so yeah and we're going to the giants hall of fame so he will always have that oh for sure yep won three championships he's 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 doing good yeah <laughs> He had you know, good... I think he's going to survive not being in the Hall of Fame, I think. He's going to have so. his two Cy I'm Young sure awards. I'm sure somebody like him also could care less. 
Yes. Could not yeah, possibly. I would. I would guarantee that he doesn't even give one shit yeah. if he makes it or not. Dude's living off in a camper van somewhere, living his yeah. best life. That's <laughs> great. He hasn't thought about baseball in like eight years. <laughs> uh, next is Justin Morneau. No. Nah. Nope. Fantasy Sorry. team stalwart for me for many years. Not a Hall of Famer. Mm. Not particularly close. Uh, Joe Nathan. How many saves he had? Many. Uh, he did have a lot. I will tell you. He had 377. Yeah, probably too low, right? He's a no for me. Relievers have to have, like, the, the, the above and beyond stuff. There are three Hall of Fame relievers, and one of them is on this list. It is not I, Joe Nathan. I agree. Because we're going to say him soon. I'm pretty yes. sure. Joe Nathan, no. David Ortiz. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Duh. Big Poppy. How's he doing, actually? Has he been fine since that stabbing? Has he recovered? There's been no news to say that he hasn't. So Excellent. I'm very glad to hear that. I love Big Poppy. Put him in the hall. It's going to take more than that to take down Big Poppy. Yeah, of course. He's like a borderline case that I'm... He's less than borderline, like, based on stats, but I'm putting him in for aesthetic reasons. Right, exactly. And also, he has that air. uh Uh-huh. He's like an iconic DH. Like, yes. he might be the DH. He is the DH, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know Martinez, like, maybe? Oh, that's true. And Frank Thomas. Like, sure. those three guys. He like, is the modern DH. Yeah, modern, for sure. Like, the, the 2000s and 2010s, like, when you think of a DH, you want him to be Big Poppy. Yep. He yep. also didn't figure it out until late, so yep. give him a pass on some of it. Agreed. Which is impressive, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, his last season was legitimately one of his best. He didn't need to <laughs> retire. No, he wanted to. Right. Yeah. He could have kept playing for sure and been fine. He just wanted to retire, which I respect. Yep. Next up is that Hall of Fame reliever I'm sure you were talking about, Jonathan Papelbon. <laughs> can, can I share one of my favorite nicknames at the risk of making this a PG-13 rated podcast? I used to refer to him and still refer to him as the Papel Bitch. He was the worst. Ooh. I hated just a, him. Just a horrible dude. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I want to I want to share a picture of him in our in our uh, Slack. Excellent, excellent podcast content. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but also, I, I want your reaction. But keep going. Uh-huh. It'll be there when it shows up. Not even close for me. No. Yeah. He was good, but no, I don't care about yeah, that. Yeah, he had a couple of all-star seasons. He was fine. Yeah. For me, unless you are going, uh, you know, unless you are like untouchable, you're a Mariano Rivera. That's really the only way that I'm going with a, a relief pitcher. Yes. Agreed. Um, next is, uh, is Jake Peavy. I loved Jake Peavy. He is not a Hall of Famer. I agree. Nope. Yep. Loved Jake Peavy in the 2000s and early 2010s. He was great. He was. just not there. Yeah, he needed a little bit longer of that longer peak. Mm-hmm. Next is Andy Pettit. Yes, and it's yeah, frankly ridiculous that he's not in the Hall already. Yeah, he's probably a Hall of Famer. I don't care about the, the, the steroids much. I'm yeah. a no. I guess. I'm You're a no, no on Andy Pettit? Ken, you have a deciding real. vote here. What are you doing? <laughs> I think I'm a no. Ken's picture just appeared in Slack. <laughs> oh, I've Let's never see seen that before. That's funny. It is Jonathan Papelbon. Is this post-2011 World Series? Oh, yeah. I remember this one. I think so. He just looks like a crazy person. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah, I do not like Jonathan Papelbon. No. All right. Um, Pettit was best why... friends with, with Clemens. I'm, I'm going to rule him out on association. So. <laughs> All right. I, uh... Wait, Pettit was best friends with Clemens? Didn't, yeah, that's why he went to Houston, Houston at that time. Well, look, look, I'm I'm younger than you people. I don't know these things. <laughs> we're we're like even born yet. <laughs> well, I, Lucas, I think we're more or less the same age. I'm like two years younger than you. <laughs> uh okay i mean i don't like ruling people out on association no just this one case because i i also just hate his face so also he was a yankee yeah he did have a pretty punchable face i'm going yes on pettit i'm sorry he was also like has arguably the greatest postseason resume of any pitcher yeah he might he might deserve to be in there oh we're getting talk about good dude i I just feels like he feels like a dude who like no, like people don't think is very good, and he probably was. And people are just like, yeah, he's Andy Pettit, you know. Like, mm-hmm. and no one really about people with the punchable, hateable faces. We should get to the next guy because holy shit! Noted professional wrestler AJ Perzinski. Get him the fuck out of here! Why is he on this ballot even? What are we doing? I love these guys though. The because re- you're a catcher, don't. Thomas. No, I'm talking about the guys who really don't deserve to be on the ballot. And oh. they just get on one, and they're I just like. I thought you just like dickhead catchers. You no, know, I know. Well, <laughs> but like, they get they, they get on the one ballot, and they get zero votes, and then they just get dicked off it, and everyone's like, yeah, well, no one's voting for AJ Prusinski. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, nevertheless. Yeah, exactly. That happened. Like Raul Ibanez was on one, I'm pretty sure, and it's just like, well, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he's not good enough. Manny Ramirez. Manny, yes. Ooh, probably, yeah. Yes. Friend of the podcast. Yes. Uh, definitely should come on the show. Uh, guru to the guru that never was to Francisco Alvarez. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, we still have time, maybe. We'll see. We do. Uh, next up is Alex Rodriguez. <sighs> yeah. Yes. yeah, he has yes. to be. He's, he's in the, the Bonds category for me of, like, you can't really tell the story of baseball without him being there. And, Listen. like, his his year-long suspension's rough, and it's a lot of steroid stuff, but also, like, that's the that's the era. He's yeah. one of only four guys to ever go 40-40. Another one is Bonds. Uh, you got to put them both in. Like who's he's, the fourth he's, one? Alfonso Soriano. Yeah, he's the one I know, but who's the fourth? Uh, Canseco did it once, I think. Is it? I'm looking it up. Hmm. Maybe uh, like Mandel. Oh no, Ken got it. Canseco. Huh. Yeah. Oh, he was that. yeah before he you know became the Jose Canseco we know and love. Yeah. <laughs> right. he takes the home really, run ball yeah, off yeah, the noggin. I didn't really, realize he was that like speed guy for for really just one year. Mm. Yeah, I didn't realize he had that speed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was I didn't really realize he had A in the hall. Yes. Yes, I mean, honestly, if you could date J-Lo, then you're automatically a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I wish I could date J-Lo, you know. Mm. Uh, Scott Rowland. Yes. Ooh, that's that's a, that's a modern guy, right? Like He's a, a slam Hall dunk of Hall of Famer. It's not... <sighs> because uh, people don't agree with you with that, like, at I all. I know. To me, he's such a slam dunk. 
so he doesn't feel like a Hall of Famer, but then I looked at his numbers. I looked at his yeah. goal gloves. Oh, he, he has like nine gold gloves. It's like he was the center fielder of the era. So for me, it's third, a yes. Third baseman of the era. Third baseman. What am I thinking? Who's uh, Jim Edmonds? Yeah. And if we're look, talking five-year peak, he's also one of those guys. Someone, someone, someone involved in that Andy Chavez catch has to be in the Hall of Fame. It's not right. going to be Andy. It's not going to be Ollie. It's probably not going to be Tim Edmonds. It's it's Scott Rowland. It's and Scott Rowland was real good, and he was yes. real good for a long time. Like yeah, he had the from age twenty two uh, to like twenty nine, he was basically a five win a five win player every year. Yep. Like he and, had the peak, but also he had the longevity. Yeah, and I know and we've had found, a few great seasons after that. We found that many of our older defensive metrics were flawed in some way. I fully trust the glowing things they say about Scott Rowland. Yeah. I mean, just watch him. I, I yes. know like that's not like, no, nope, I, I think, I think there are definitely, there are defenders who the eye test fails you on. And there are defenders who the eye test works on. I think we could probably agree on that point. And Scott Rowland is a defender. The eye test works on. Mm-hmm. So this reminds me, I was saying this when the Mets got Lindor, that his wars were kind of low. And I was like, I think Ward underrates a guy like that. Yes. Just because I watched him play, I was like, nah, he's different at shortstop. Like, and like o- that. And, and the different defensive metrics agree. Like, OAA agrees with you. Yeah. As and, opposed and to like, UZR, DRS. Exactly. And it's like, I was looking at his wars and I'm like, really? Like, I know he's like a good, he's a good hitter. He's not like a superstar hitter. Sometimes he is. But like, man, you can't tell me you don't watch him play defense he is, and he's not like special. Like, he is Scott Rowland at shortstop. Yeah, like twenty percent better than league average with a absurd glove. Absolutely. And like he keeps hitting like that, it's gonna we're gonna have the same conversation later. Yes, yes. Oh, speaking of a shortstop, the next one is Jimmy. No, Rose. no, no, no. no. Yes. Shut yeah. it down. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> All right, next. Oh, fucking Jimmy Rollins, give David Wright his MVP back. I, uh, it's very yeah. true. Just totally robs David Wright of an MVP because mm-hmm. that suck. <laughs> Next we have Mets legend Gary Sheffield. Yeah, 500 home runs. Yeah. Did we skip someone in there? Nope. Okay. Well, actually, yes, we did because I don't know how to do the alphabet, but he's next. <laughs> I, I think Gary Sheffield's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, no, yeah 500 home runs. I, yeah, agreed. Like, like I know that's like the, the the big numbers and that's kind of boring. But also, when you hit 500 home runs in the major leagues, you know, 140 weighted for his career. He's 40 yeah, percent he better than the league average at the bat for his career. Put him in the hall. Real <laughs> good. Next is um, right-handed pitcher Kurt Schilling. No, no, nope, big no, nope. This is Don't the need to go ultimate. Into <laughs> yes, this is the ultimate character clause, dude. Yeah, I mean, when everything aside, when you really should be, like, in prison for tax fraud and stuff, then... <laughs> I mean, you know. that's, like, honestly not the... the that's, far, that, that's, like... That's just the, the icing on the top. Yeah. Yeah, there's Kurt, 800 million more reasons. I will no. admit that my view has evolved on this. I used to think the character clause was stupid and that every... Like, it should be baseball only, but there are things egregious enough where... The right, character clause I, needs to come into effect and keep Kurt Schilling the fuck out of the hall, please. Agreed. Uh, next is Sammy Sosa. Oh, 
Why do now, I feel worse about putting Sammy Sosa in the hall than I do Gary Sheffield? I do too, because I said yes immediately for Sheffield. Because <laughs> I think Sosa had such a weird career. Like, it was really peak-driven. But also, you can't tell the story of the 2000s without him and Maguire and the home run yeah. chase and all that. So, yeah. I don't know. That's a complicated one. I'm a yes on him. I think push comes to shove, I'm a yes. I probably say yes. Ken? I think I think yes, but I, I don't I don't like it. <laughs> okay, I think we're all kind of there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Oh, he had six hundred home runs. What am I talking about? Yes. Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay, there you go. Like, he had like, 600 home runs, but was yeah. only 20% better with the bat than league average for his career. That's, that's crazy. Like impressively inept, that's, given that's, the that's, home runs. That's Eugenio Suarez last year. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting 30 home runs, and he was bad. <laughs> uh, next is Mark Teixeira. No. no. He was good, though. I liked Mark Teixeira, even though he was a Yankee. I thought he was fun. Not a Hall of Famer. Agreed. Hall of very good. I yeah. think if you have a big hall, you put him in. There's no world in which Mark Teixeira is in the hall and Keith isn't. That's I agree not. with you. But also, big hall people probably put Keith in. Sure. Uh, next is Omar Vizquel. No. No. He was not a good enough hitter. Also, yep. a lot of other things. No for me. It's a no for me, dog. And last up is Billy Wagner. Put yeah. him in the Hall yeah. of Fame for fuck's sake. Yes. It's so bizarre that Hoffman and Mariano are in and not him. Especially Hoffman. Mariano's a different story. That dude was just... Mariano's like, his own thing. Yeah. If you want to talk modern relievers, so and I guess Raleigh Fingers maybe fits in this discussion because he was kind of a modernish reliever at the time. Whatever. Billy Wagner is the best modern reliever outside of Mariano Rivera. Yeah, he has the better numbers. Like all the all the numbers support that. He struck out twelve dudes per nine inning for his career. In only nine hundred innings, he has twenty four WAR. Hoffman is like barely ahead of him with an extra two hundred innings. <sighs> he belongs. I feel like in Hoffman had a rough end of his career. Not he rough, did. but like he kind of fell off. Like he was really good, and then he fell off. Hmm. Before the strikeout numbers like ballooned in recent years, right? So if you sort by career strikeout numbers now, it's all modern guys. Like, yeah. like but before like that, if you want to cherry pick, go like 750 innings. He's literally the best of all time among relievers. Okay, that's and probably paper. the best way to do this. Yes, come on, Fangraphs, work with me. Fangraphs usually isn't this slow. All right, here we go. Yes. Best of all time. Octavio Dotel? What? Yeah. <laughs> so Octavio, uh, Octavio Dotel Hall of Fame? No, no. Met legend, yes. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Billy, if Trevor Hoffman's in the Hall of Fame, Billy Wagner should be in the Hall yes, of Fame. Yes, I agree with the that. The Mets employed five of the six best on that list. Nice. At one point or another. Oh, yeah, you're not kidding. Not some, some great, not great names. but uh, What are the names on there? Uh, Billy Wagner, Octavio yeah. Dutel, uh, Armando Benitez is number what? three. Francisco Rodriguez, <laughs> or Joe Nathan, number five. Tyler Clifford, number six. Interesting. 
And before people loop back on our Joe Nathan decision, Joe Nathan's ERA was 0.2 higher, and he was five wins less good in a much less time. Like, Billy Wagner is far away the best pitcher here. Like, reliever's weird, because unfortunately for them, you need to be special amongst the special. I think think almost no relievers belong in the Hall of Fame. That's going to change, though. Like, it is going to change. As guys now get there, because it's just not... Like it's a it's a real real valuable role now. Let's re- like, let's rephrase it then. No relievers before like the modern the modern modern era of relief usage belong in the Hall of Fame outside of these guys. Agreed. I mean, the three I think probably singers and stuff like like guys like that deserve to go in. Sure, sure. Actually, like set the archetype for what a relief pitcher is in the, today's day and age. You have yep, a yeah. guy just gonna blow away everyone with strikeouts and goodbye. Really, like, Wagner is like, fucking disgusting. Like Craig Kimbrell is going to have a Hall of Fame chance because of guys like him. Like, and that's what it is. I don't know if he'll get in, but a guy like that will have the the discussion based on like it won't be such a thing that's laughed off. And because it's guys like Billy Wagner and to a lesser, not a lesser extent, because Hoffman was really good, too. But a guy like Hoffman. I think the argument becomes how good are you on a per inning basis? Yeah. And you have to be really, really, really fucking good on a per inning basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's like, like you can get a lot of like Lee Smith is fairly close in terms of war to. to yeah, that's a, that's a but good. he pitched like 400 more innings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that's what you did. Right. So like. Uh, Billy Wagner's like the elite of the elite on a per inning basis. Just yeah. to t- put a bow on a previous discussion, Wally Fingers belongs in the Hall of Fame for the mustache alone. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Agreed. He could have been the worst player in baseball and he would belong in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Wagner somehow so underrated. Which Wagner? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, people don't realize how good he actually was. The fact that we're having this argument at all is a testament to the, yeah. that he's underrated. Yeah. Like, on a per inning basis, he's better than Mo. That's tough. So that's a different argument, though, because Mo was just, like, the closer. I mean, look, I'm not going to argue that he's better overall than Mariana Rivera because yeah. it's Mariana fucking Rivera. But statistically on a perning basis i think billy wagner is actually better listen in my heart only one guy enters my heart to enter sandman so oh of course no look mariana rivera is no like he is the closer i'm (laughs) Mm -hmm. not trying to ruffle anyone's feathers on that front no he is the guy yeah well ironically we picked exactly 10 guys so we We did yeah we don't wow i'm including the guys we were split on just because so who who's going in on our ballot? The from Complex to Queens official ballot. We'll have this, um, you know, certified and sent in. It's going to be <laughs> Barry Bonds, Andrew Jones, David Ortiz, Andy Pettit, Manny Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez. Excuse me, Manny Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> We're combining the two. Oh no! <laughs> oh God! Imagine Manny and Arab put together. Oh boy! Juiciest player ever. Manny Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> Manny Ramirez. There we go. Third Alex time's Rodriguez. charm. Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, Sammy Sosa, and Billy Wagner. We yeah. all voted Big Poppy, though. Did you say David Ortiz? Yes. Yeah, we did. He did. Okay. I missed that. Okay. I actually feel pretty good about that ballot. That's a good ballot. No, No shame. I might have pushed harder for Abreu, but that we were split on that one. 
That's yeah, that's the only that's the only guy I'm looking at this and being annoyed he's not included. And if we're looking at the other ten guys, yeah, he's the guy that gets left off. So fine. Yeah, that's a tough one. So uh, yeah. we are we are now better than like ninety five percent of the whole actual Hall of Fame voters because most Some of them suck. Yeah, very much. Some of those lists are rough. <sighs> All right, well, we will wrap things up with the Wilpon Rave of the Week, and that goes to uh, Major League Baseball owners, Rob Manfred, every single Major League Baseball executive. You know, take your pick, really. They all suck. For once, the Wilpons can't actually be the, Wil- be the Wilpons of the Week. So. Oh, they would have voted for a lockout so oh, hard. 100%. 100%. So they, they're probably pissed that they had to sell before they could do this vote. <laughs> <laughs> Am I, I? I was almost like marginally surprised Cohen voted for the lockout. I would have been amused if he was like, "No, fuck you! Oh, I'm no. spending money." I just bought this team. <laughs> yeah, man, I want to play with my new toy. Can you imagine? That would have been hysterical. <laughs> he would have been like actually hated amongst the. It would. There would have been some very. They bad probably would be. Yeah. Um like conspiring to remove the team from him if that happened <laughs> yeah like honestly like he that's probably, the kind of shady like, shit they do like <laughs> i think uh, look we probably over over uh overrate how intelligent smart people are we're like oh they they have a lot uh ex- wait i just did that intel completely wrong we overrate how intelligent rich people are because we're like oh they have money they must be smart uh and cohen is definitely a bit of a troll but he's not that stupid <laughs> oh. you would not do that would have been funny, though. It would have been hilarious. He signs Max Scherzer and then votes for no lockout. <laughs> Comes out on Twitter immediately like, fuck y'all. Fuck these other owners. I got money. I want the best players. I want to see Max Scherzer pitch. Uh-huh. No lockout. I just, if everyone I just... else is locking the players out, then we automatically win. Ooh, <laughs> you're oh, right. We automatically get all the players. World Old Series strategy. by default. Old strategy. <laughs> All right, well, if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you can send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seipel. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken1191. Thomas is at said Season SZN. Subscribe to the podcast where I forget you have a podcast from. <clears throat> Rate and review. And of course, we thank you for listening. So we'll be back next week. So until then, love the Mets, love the Mets. <laughs>